0: As we move into December, I'm going to go uh, jump ahead in the Story Hour series to the Christmas stories, and I will do a few of these, but um, my friend Marlene Peterson, who collected Libraries of Hope, has already done a wonderful, wonderful story that's in her Christmas um, series called The Christmas Porringer, and she did. She is so good at um, reading and podcasting and um, I can't even imagine trying to do a better job than she did. So I will put in the link to the story today and hopefully this month, um, a link to this podcast she did of the Christmas porringer. It is a delightful Christmas story. I like it up there with the Christmas carol. It has um, wonderful stories and themes of of, uh, Christian life and repentance, and um, I think everyone would enjoy it. So there's a link there, and I will do um, a story by Hans Christian Andersen and a few of the other Christmas stories she has, but um, this month I would suggest you... Listen to the Christmas Porringer or two, and it's already done beautifully by Marlene. The Fir Tree by Hans Christian Andersen, adapted by J. H. Stickney, and collected in the Story Hour series at Libraries of Hope. Far away in the forest, where the warm sun and the fresh air made a sweet resting place, grew a pretty little fir tree. The situation was all that could be desired. And yet it was not happy. It wished so much to be like its tall companions, the pines and firs which grew around it. The sun shone, and the soft air fluttered its leaves. Then little peasant children passed by, prattling merrily, but the fir tree did not heed them. Sometimes the children would bring a large basket of raspberries or strawberries, wreathed on straws, and seat themselves near the fir tree and say, "'Is it not a pretty little tree?' "'But that made it feel even more unhappy than before. "'And yet all this while the tree grew a notch or joint taller every year. "'For by the number of joints in the stem of a fir tree we can discover its age. "'Still, as it grew, it complained, "'Oh, how I wish I were as tall as the other trees! "'Then I would spread out my branches on every side.' and my crown would overlook the wide world around. I should have the birds building their nests on my boughs, and when the wind blew, I should bow with stately dignity like my tall companions. So discontent was the tree that it took no pleasure in the warm sunshine, the birds or the rosy clouds that floated over it morning and evening. Sometimes in winter, when the snow lay white and glittering on the ground, There was a little hare that would come springing along and jump right over the little tree's head, but then how mortified it would feel. Two winters passed, and when the third arrived, the tree had grown so tall that the hare was obliged to run around it. Yet it remained unsatisfied and would exclaim, "'Oh, to grow, to grow, if I could but keep on growing tall and old. There is nothing else worth caring for in the world.' In the autumn, the woodcutters came as usual and cut down several of the tallest trees, and the young fir, which was now grown to its full height, shuddered as the noble trees fell to the earth with a crash. After the branches were lopped off, the trunks looked so slender and bare that they could scarcely be recognized. Then they were placed one upon another upon wagons and drawn by horses out of the forest. "'Where could they be going? What would become of them?' "'The young fir tree wished very much to know. "'So in the spring, when the swallows and storks came, it asked, "'Do you know where those trees were taken? Did you meet them?' "'The swallows knew nothing, but the stork, after a little reflection, nodded his head and said, "'Yes, I I think I do. "'As I flew from Egypt, I met several new ships.' And they had fine masts that smelled like fur. These must have been the trees, and I assure you, they were very stately. They sailed right gloriously. Oh, how I wish I were tall enough to go on the sea, said the fir tree. Tell me, what is this sea, and what does it look like? It would take too much time to explain, a great deal too much, said the stork, flying quickly away. Rejoice in thy youth, said the sunbeam. Rejoice in thy fresh growth and in the young life that is in thee. The wind kissed the tree and the dew watered it with tears, but the fir tree regarded them not. Christmas time grew near and many young trees were cut down, some that were even smaller and younger than the fir tree, who enjoyed neither "'rest nor peace with longing to leave its forest home. "'These young trees, which were chosen for their beauty, "'kept their branches, and were also laid on wagons "'and drawn by horses far away out of the forest. "'Where are they going?' asked the fir tree. "'They are not taller than I am. "'Indeed, one is not so tall. "'And why do they keep all their branches? "'Where are they going?' "'We know, we know,' sang the sparrows.' We have looked in at the windows of the houses in the town, and we know what is done with them. Oh, you cannot think what honor and glory they receive. They are dressed up in the most splendid manner. We have seen them standing in the middle of a warm room and adorned with all sorts of beautiful things, honey cakes, gilded apples, playthings, and many hundreds of wax tapers. And then, asked the fir tree, trembling in all its branches, And then what happens? We do not see any more, said the sparrows, but this is enough for us. I wonder whether anything so brilliant will ever happen to me, thought the fir tree. It would be better than crossing the sea. I long for it almost with pain. Oh, when will Christmas be here? I am now as tall and well grown as those which were taken away last year. Oh, that I were now laid on the wagon or standing in the warm room with all that brightness and splendor around me. Something better and more beautiful is to come after or the trees would not be decked out. So what follows will be grander and more splendid. What can it be? I am weary with longing. I scarcely know what it is that I feel. Rejoice in your love. Said the air and the sunlight, Enjoy thine own bright life in the fresh air. But the tree would not rejoice, though it grew taller every day. And winter and summer, its dark green foliage might be seen in the forest, while passers by would say, What a beautiful tree! A short time before the next Christmas, the discontented fir tree was the first to fall. As the axe cut sharply through the stem, it divided the pith. The tree fell with a groan into the earth, conscious of pain and faintness and forgetting all its dreams of happiness, in sorrow at leaving its home in the forest. It knew that it should never again see its old dear companions, the trees, nor the little bushes and the many colored flowers that had grown by its side, perhaps not even the birds nor was the journey at all pleasant. The tree first recovered itself while being unpacked in the courtyard of the house with several other trees. It heard a man say, We only want one, and this is the prettiest. This is beautiful. Then came two servants in grand livery and carried the fir tree into a large and beautiful apartment. Pictures hung on the walls. And near the great stove stood great china vases, with lions on the lids. There were rocking chairs, silken sofas, large tables covered with pictures, books and playthings that cost a hundred times a hundred dollars. At least, so said the children. Then the fir tree was placed in a large tub full of sand. But green blaze hung all around it, so no one could know it was a tub. It stood on a very handsome carpet. Oh, how the fir tree trembled. What was going to happen to him now? Some young ladies came and servants helped them to adorn the tree. On one branch they hung little bags cut out of colored paper, and each bag was filled with sweetmeats. From other branches hung gilded apples and walnuts as if they had grown there, and above and all around were hundreds of red, blue, and white tapers. "'which were fastened upon the branches. "'Dolls, exactly like real men and women, "'were placed under the green leaves. "'The tree had never seen such things before, "'and at the very top was fastened a glittering star "'made of gold tinsel. "'Oh, it was very beautiful! "'This evening,' they exclaimed, "'how bright it will be! "'Ah, that the evening were come!' thought the tree." and the tapers light it, then I shall know what else is going to happen. Will the trees of the forest come to see me? Will the sparrows peeping at the window, I wonder, as they fly? Shall I grow faster here, and keep all these ornaments during summer and winter? But guessing of was very little use, his back ached with trying, and this pain is as bad for a slender fir tree as headache is for us. At last the tapers were lighted, and then what a glistening blaze of splendor the tree presented. It trembled so with joy in all its branches that one of the candles fell and on, uh, on the green leaves and burnt some of them. Help, help, exclaimed the young ladies. But there was no danger, for they quickly extinguished the fire. After this the tree tried not to tremble at all, though the fire frightened him, He was so anxious not to hurt any of the beautiful ornaments, even while their brilliancy dazzled him. Now the folding doors were thrown open, and a troop of children rushed in as if they intended to upset the tree. They were followed more slowly by their elders. For a moment the little ones stood silent with astonishment, and then they shouted for joy till the room rang, and they danced merrily around the tree, while one present after another was taken from it. What are they doing? What will happen next? thought the tree. At last the candles burned down to the branches and were put out. Then the children received permission to plunder the tree. Oh, how they rushed upon it! There was such a riot that the branches cracked, and had it not been fastened with a glistening star to the ceiling, it must have been thrown down. Then the children danced about with their pretty toys, and no one noticed the tree except the children's maid. "'who came and peeped around the branches "'to see if an apple or fig had been forgotten. "'A story, a story!' cried the children, "'pulling a little fat man towards the tree. "'Now we shall be in the green shade,' said the man, "'as he seated himself under it. "'And the tree will have the pleasure of hearing also. "'But I shall only relate one story. "'What shall it be? "'I've evade, or Humpty Dumpty, "'who fell downstairs, but soon got up again "'and at last married a princess.' Aved, aved, cried some. Humpty Dumpty cried others. And there was a famous uproar. But the fir tree remained quite still and thought to himself, Shall I have anything to do with all this? Ought I to make a noise too? But he had already amused them as much as they wished. And the old man told them the story of Humpty Dumpty, how he fell downstairs and was raised up again and married a princess. And The children clapped their hands and cried, "'Tell another! Tell another!' For they wanted to hear the story of Ivy de Vade. But this time, they only had Humpty Dumpty. After this, the fir tree became quite silent and thoughtful. Never had the birds in the forest told such tales as Humpty Dumpty, who fell downstairs and yet married a princess. "'Ah, yes, so it happens in the world,' thought the fir tree. He believed it all, because... It was related by such a pleasant man. Ah, well, he thought, who knows? Perhaps I may fall down, too, and marry a princess. And he looked forward joyfully to the next evening, expecting to, again, be decked out with lights and playthings, gold and fruit. Tomorrow I will not tremble, thought he. I will enjoy all my splendor, and I shall hear the story of Humpty Dumpty again. "'and perhaps I bead of aid.' "'And the tree remained quiet and thoughtful all night. "'In the morning the servants and the housemaid came in. "'Now,' thought the fir tree, "'all my splendor is going to begin again.' "'But they dragged him out of the room "'and upstairs to the garret "'and threw him on the floor "'in a dark corner where no daylight shone. "'And there they left him. "'What does this mean?' thought the tree.' "'What am I to do here? I can hear nothing in this place.' "'And he leaned against the wall and thought, and thought. "'He had time enough to think, for days and nights passed, and no one came near him. "'And when at last someone did come, it was only to push some large boxes in the corner. "'So the tree was completely hidden from sight, as if it had never existed. "'It is winter now,' thought the tree.' The ground is hard and covered with snow, so the people cannot plant me. I shall be sheltered here, I dare say, till spring comes. How thoughtful and kind everyone is to me. Still, I wish this place were not so dark and so dreadfully lonely, with not even a little hare to look at. How pleasant it was in the forest while I, the snow lay on the ground, when the hare would run by, yes, jump over me, though I did not like it then. "'Ah, it's terribly lonely here.' "'Squeak, squeak,' said a little mouse, "'creeping cautiously towards the tree. "'Then came another, "'and they both sniffed at the fir tree "'and crept in between the branches. "'Ah, it's very cold,' said the little mouse. "'If it were not, we would be comfortable here, "'shouldn't we, old fir tree?' "'I am not old,' said the fir tree. "'There are many who are older than am I. "'Where do you come from?' asked the mice who were full of curiosity and what do you know have you seen the most beautiful places in the world can you tell us all about them and have you been in the storeroom where the cheese lie on the shelf and the hams hang from the ceiling one can run about on tallow candles there and one can go in thin and come out fat no I know nothing of that said the fir tree but I know the wood where the sun shines and the birds sing. And then the tree told the little mice all about its youth. They had never heard such an account in their lives. And after they listened to it attentively, they said, What a number of things you have seen. You must be very happy. Happy exclaimed the fir tree. And then, as he reflected on what he had been telling them, he said, Ah, yes, after all, those were happy days. And when he went on, he related about Christmas Eve and how he had been dressed up with cakes and lights. And the mice said, How happy you must have been, you old fir tree. I'm not old at all, replied the tree. I only came from the forest this winter, and now I am checked in my growth. What splendid stories you tell, said the mice. And the next night, four other mice came with them to hear what the tree had to tell. "'And the more he talked, the more he remembered. "'And then he thought to himself, "'Yes, those were happy days. "'But they may come again. "'Humpty Dumpty fell downstairs, "'and yet he married a princess. "'Perhaps I may marry a princess too.' "'And the fir tree thought "'of the pretty little birch tree "'that grew up in the forest. "'A real princess, a beautiful princess she was to him. "'Who is Humpty Dumpty?' asked the little mice. And then the tree related the whole story. He could remember every single word. And the little mice were so delighted with it that they were ready to jump off the top of the tree. The next night, a great many more mice made their appearance. And on Sunday, two rats with them. And they said it was not a pretty story at all. And the mice were very sorry, for it made them think less of it. Do you know only that one story, asked the rats. Only that one, replied the fir tree. I heard it on the happiest evening in my life. But I did not know I was happy at the time. I think it it is a very miserable story, said the rats. Don't you know any story about bacon or tallow in the storeroom? No, replied the tree. Many thanks to you then, replied the rats. And they went on their ways. The little mice "'also crept away after this, and the tree sighed and said, "'It was very pleasant when the merry little mice sat round me and listened while I talked. "'Now that is all past too. "'However, I shall consider myself happy when someone comes to take me out of this place.' "'But would this ever happen? "'Yes, one morning people came to clear up the garret. "'The boxes were packed away, and the tree was pulled out of the corner and thrown roughly on the floor.' Then the servants dragged it out upon the staircase where the daylight shone. Now life is beginning again, said the tree, rejoicing in the sunshine and fresh air. Then it was carried downstairs and taken into the courtyard so quickly that it forgot to think of itself and could only look about. There was so much to be seen. The court was close to a garden where everything looked blooming, fresh and fragrant roses hung over the little pavings. The linden trees were in blossom while swallows flew here and there, crying, Twit, 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 my maid is coming. But it was not the fir tree they meant. Now I shall live, cried the tree joyfully, spreading out its branches. But alas, they were all withered and yellow, and it lay in a corner amongst the weeds and nettles. The star of gold paper still stuck to the top of the tree and glittering in the sunshine. In the courtyard, two of the married children were playing with "'who had danced around the tree at Christmas "'and had been so happy. "'The youngest saw the gilded star "'and ran and pulled it off the tree. "'Look what is sticking to the ugly old fir tree,' "'said the child, treading on the branches "'till they cracked under his boots. "'And the tree saw all the fresh, bright flowers in the garden "'and then looked at itself "'and wished it had remained in the dark corner of the garret. "'It thought of its fresh youth in the forest.' "'and the merry Christmas evening, "'and of the little mice who had listened "'to the story of Humpty Dumpty. "'Psss, said the poor tree. "'Oh, had I not enjoyed myself while I have done so, "'but now it is too late.' "'Then a lad came and chopped the tree into small pieces "'till a large bundle lay in a heap on the ground. "'The pieces were placed in a fire, "'and they quickly blazed up brightly.' while the tree sighed so deeply that each sigh was like a little pistol shot. When the children who were at play came and seated themselves in front of the fire and looked at it, it cried, pop, pop. But each pop was a deep sigh. The tree was thinking of a summer day in the forest, or some winter night there, when the stars shone brightly, of the Christmas evening, and of Humpty Dumpty the only story it had ever heard, or knew how to relate, till at last it was consumed. The boy still played in the garden. The youngest wore the gold star on his breast, with which the tree had been adorned during the happiest evening of his existence. Now all was past. The tree's life was past, and the story also passed, for all stories must come to an end sometime or another. The end.